so many kids love reading those old school princess stories and thinking Cinderella, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, but the actual storylines can be a bit hard to rationalise. Like, you're pretty unlikely to meet a prince while you're hiding out in the forest. Welcome back to The Juggling Act Daily, a podcast to help working parents doing the juggle. I'm Mel Wilson, editor of Kidspot and mum to two small people, and I'm not wondering why I bother picking up toys each night. Seriously, just spread. Well, the traditional fairy tale we read as kids is so outdated, and sometimes when I'm reading them, I really struggle with the messaging that it's sending our kids, and not just our daughters, but our sons too. Well, today's guest is a writer and mum who wants to change the way we approach these stories and the narrative around princesses. Angela Buckingham wrote Powerful Princesses as an example of some kick-ass women throughout history and to provide some better role models for our kids. And Angela joins me on the phone now. So nice to chat to you today. Angela, how are you going? I'm Melissa. It's lovely to talk to you today. Yeah, I am super excited to chat about this book because you very kindly sent me a copy and I have never seen anything like it. So what actually inspired this idea for you? I'm a mum. I'm a mum of two children and I was feeling a little uneasy about some of the princess stories I was reading my kids. You know, nowadays the idea of, you know, jamming your foot into a glass slipper so you can marry a guy you met once at a dance. (laughs) Sounds like my dating Um, history. (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted, I was actually looking for a book for my children that had the magic of princesses and had captured some of the joy that I got from princesses as a child but wasn't quite so laden with, you know, kissing a woman who's asleep in a forest and all that sort of stuff. Um, So, yeah, that's where the idea for the book came from. Yeah, it's funny because kids do love those books. So, you know, they're, they're classics, they've been around for ages and you know my daughter as as many amazing books that we've got sometimes still does pick up Cinderella and I do always get a bit ick when I get to those bits where you know she's actually 16 uh, she kissed a stranger in the forest and suddenly she was in love um and it's and it's difficult to know how to change those conversations around those kind of stories with your kids did you find that Yes, very much so, particularly because I loved princesses as a kid. And when you say they are the classics, they're books that were full of beautiful illustrations. They do form the backdrop of so much of our storytelling. You know, how can you understand lots of stories if you don't know about Rumpelstiltskin or Cinderella or Snow White? Like, they're infused in our community. And so I actually like my kids having the classics. I just didn't want that to be the only thing and I didn't want it to be 15 different versions of the Cinderella story. So I was looking to add to the princess's genre Mm. to contribute to myths and legends without actually throwing the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. Yeah, so you're saying there's a place for those classics and those stories as long as we are also sharing real-life powerful women's stories like like the ones that you've written about. Yeah, and then it's also it's a great thing to discuss with your kids. Like how, what do you think about that story and 
you know, how do you feel about Snow White? And and then looking at some of these real princesses, the so the stories in the book are all um, fictional imaginings of real events. So it's real women and real things that happened with them. And all of the women in the story are in the stories are brave in different ways. Some are quietly brave, some are very loud and brave, some are rebellious and brave. But um, I think it it provides a counterweight. It provides a different perspective. And what I hope with my book is that in that book there's a princess for everyone and that by reading stories like this, our children have more ways of imagining themselves. I really like that because initially I was, you know, I was kind of thinking, well, you've, you know, you've got to read these stories but then say that's kind of a load of of garbage, but I, I see where you're coming from. I like about explaining that they're classics and they had a place and a time, uh, but opening up that dialogue about maybe how things have changed from then to now, and then also offering up an alternative. I think that's a gorgeous approach. Something's really funny at the moment. My daughter is obsessed with this song called "I'm Mad at Disney," uh, and the, all of the lyrics are around about Disney lying to us about love and relationships and about how it's nothing like uh, the real world. And every time she plays it, it makes me laugh, which is which is a lot. She is playing that song a lot. Our poor Alexa, I think, is about to scream at her that she can only do one thing at a time. So, <laughs> Well, we'll be back right after this. I'm Sarah Lamarquin, Editor-in-Chief of Stella and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts. I do love the variety of stories that you've got in this this book and one of them does talk about childbirth, which is not often something that comes up in uh, kids' books, which is crazy really given it happens, you know, every single day. Uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts? Why did you think it was important to include such an everyday part of our life in, in the book? I, I, I was present at a birth that wasn't, I wasn't giving birth. I had the honour to be the support person for someone giving birth. And when my life flashes before my eyes, that moment will be there. The birth of my own kids, you know, I was very focused on what I was doing. (laughs) That's a nice way to put it. (laughs) Focused. When I focused on someone else giving birth. Yeah. It's miraculous. It, you know, when the... As the baby came out, he kind of unfolded and it, it's such a big, amazing, beautiful thing and every woman who does it is a hero for what they achieve and if we're going to recognise the strength of women and how amazing women are, we have to talk about what women do. Mm. Um, and I'm not saying that all women give birth but all women who give birth in that moment are miraculous and heroic and, you know, as um, thinking about women and men and if we're going to recognise the strength of women, why wouldn't we recognise that moment, that act, and talk to children about it 
in a way that isn't just the woman screaming off stage and then the baby wrapped in the blanket. Mm. Yeah, because let me tell you, that is not what happened in my case. So <laughs> I saw this amazing interview with David Attenborough once and someone asked him about what his, who his, uh, what his favourite animal um, is and he actually said humans and he was talking about birth and, and the way you describe the baby unfolding. I, I can still clearly remember him saying, you know, that it's like a puzzle. The the skull of the baby sort of um, slides over the top of each other and everything fits together perfectly to to fold on out. And it was it was fascinating. Like just him describing it was amazing. So I, I completely agree. I think it's uh, what women go through who give birth is is just mind-blowing. So we should be having those conversations. And, and all of these conversations around brave and incredible women who, who have done inspiring things, it must have been really fun researching to find these, uh, uncover these stories that inspired the ones that you wrote. Did you enjoy that aspect? I loved the research. And every woman who's in the book, while I was researching her, I developed quite a crush on her. Like I just adored her. And I would berate people with random facts about, you know, the princess that I was researching at the moment. And, um, yes, like in the research you realise that so much of our history, men are the focus, and that when you're looking at texts and doing research, you've sometimes got to read between the lines or, you know, search out the footnote. Um, And that's exciting. It becomes detective work. Mm. So one of my... One of my princesses is Clotilda, and actually the historical record is about her cousin, Bessina, who actually, um, I don't want to say give in, gave in, but she reconciled with the bishops and the abbess who these women were rebelling against, and Clotilda didn't. And Clotilda's like the footnote. But the rebellion happens three months after Clotilda arrives. Clotilda didn't want to get married, never gets married. Clotilda wins all her lands back. And I was like, why didn't they write about Clotilda? And the point's obvious that it was written by a male um, bishop who was putting down a rebellion and he didn't want to focus on the woman who got what she wanted. Mm. So as a writer, it was a lot of fun to dig in and try and find clues and evidence of this other woman who um, ha- is actually peripheral in the mainstream historical narrative and focus on her and imagine her perspective. Oh, I love that. It sounds super fun. Um, and I also love that it's changing these conversations that we're having with not just our daughters but also our sons because it's so important for them uh, you know, t- to change this world that we live in and, and to see men and we- women as equal, for them to see just as many stories where the women are the one, you know, the girls are the ones doing the brave and the courageous and amazing things, not just the prince, you know, not just the, the guy being the central focus of each story. Mel, I think you're so right. We often look at how the princess paradigm is problematic or there's, you know, a predicament in how we talk to our daughters about princesses. But the flip side is you wouldn't want your little boy, you know, marrying a girl just because she had a cool pair of glass shoes and he met her at a dance. Mm. And certainly you don't want your boys kissing sleeping women in forests, you know. (laughs) So 
talking to our boys about they don't always have to be the rescuer. They don't always have to fight the dragon. And when they meet a woman or, a, you know, when they're dealing with girls, they can't assume that the girl is going to be weak or passive or, you know, it gives boys more room to be who boys want to be as well as allowing our girls be to be who they want to be. And, um, and the fairy tale genre is very binary, like it's boys and girls on two separate sides of some equation. But I think that kids today have much more bandwidth and much more capacity to be the person they want to be, a bit freer of all that gender stuff, and that hopefully, you know, in this princess book gives lots of different ways that people can be fully themselves. Absolutely. I love that messaging. And the book is so beautiful. The, the cover's stunning, the illustrations, everything about it. Uh, I'm obsessed. It's so beautiful, Angela. Thank you so much for joining us today and for telling us a little bit more about these amazing princesses. Thank you so much, Mel. It's been a lot of fun. Well, make sure you grab a copy for your daughters and your sons. It is such a fantastic read. It's called Powerful Princesses and it's available wherever you get your good books. Well, that is all from us today. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, review, share the love, tell your friends and pop on by our Facebook group. It is called Working Mums Australia. Stay sane, jugglers, and I will chat to you tomorrow. doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winder? <laughs> <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. <laughs> Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from. Listener.